I was pretty much screwed. It's Thursday night, and I'm listening back to the trailer for this podcast. The same trailer I'd spent an entire weekend working on. The same trailer I created an animated trailer for. And the same trailer I wouldn't say I liked. See, I had emulated a lot of the top podcasts out there with the goal of sounding smart, professional, and radio-like. But instead, I sounded like some obnoxious salesman from a late-night infomercial. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't authentic. So I canned the project and went back to the drawing board to define what made me me. I mean, I love hip-hop, joking around and just flat-out having fun. In short, I started to redesign my own personal brand, which should always be the first step you take before applying for a job or even starting a new venture. You have to design you. And that's why I wanted to kick off our first episode with my friend, Tanu Graywall, to talk with us about the importance of personal branding. Because you're excited, you want to kind of get your message out there and you want to help everybody who's reaching out to you. But the most fundamental thing, I think, is crafting your personal brand. I'm your host, Ray Smith, and this is B2B Growth Hacks, a podcast powered by Speakerbox Media. Tanu, tell us about Alan. So Alan, the best way to describe it is we are the Procter & Gamble of Mexico. It's a family-owned business, 70 years old. And in the U.S., we're headquartered in Houston. We are in the business of making and selling household cleaning and laundry products. And one of the things that we are very proud and excited of is the new brand called Art of Green. It's a natural eco products brand that we launched last year with HEB. And the fantastic news is that we just won product of the year. And it's very exciting because we're the underdog. We're a Mm. challenger brand. We're going up against the heavyweights. And for us to win that award based on 40,000 consumers nationally voting for it was just phenomenal. So we're very excited about it. Where would you suggest that someone get started when they're trying to start their marketing? I think that's an excellent question. And a lot of people kind of fall into the trap that you mentioned. Because you're excited, you want to kind of get your message out there and you want to help everybody who's reaching out to you. But the most fundamental thing, I think, is crafting your personal brand. It could be the brand of your company. It could be the brand of your service. But it's also really important to know what your own personal brand is, because we live in the age of transparency and people want to know who the person behind a product or a brand or service is. The famous Simon Sinek, he always says Mm -hmm. people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm -hmm. So your personal brand is like your professional DNA. It's your North Star. It Mm -hmm. guides you. If you're starting out as a student, it can guide you to be the courses you take, right? Mm -hmm. Or the roles or functions you take in a company. If you want to open up a business, it can guide you as to what kind of business you should be getting into. Because it's your values and it's your authenticity and what you can truly own and be differentiated in. And knowing that and being able to package that for your audience, that's your personal brand. And you need to have that before you start a career, a business, or anything, because that personal brand is going to live with you throughout your career. Right. So with the personal brand, I know that a lot of students, a lot of graduates and things like that, they're coming out of college and they're trying to reach people Maybe they develop their personal brand. They know who they are, what they want to do. What's the next step? Where do they go from there? Yeah, I think that for really starting out their journey, it's okay if you don't have your personal brand all formed out at the age of 18. I mean, 
We're all learning and things are evolving around us. We are evolving as human beings. Technology and the world around us is adapting. So it's fine to have one North Star to say, this is what my unique strength is. This is my sweet spot. This is the value that I can bring for people. And then kind of going after certain courses, like I mentioned, or identifying companies where your personal brand matches up with the brand of the company, right? So then there is that linearity between the two. There is synergies between the two. And oftentimes, finding the right culture fit, finding the right purpose in a company, that's really important when you're finding your first role out of of grad school, out of undergrad. And it's so, I think, underrated because most people want to go out and get the highest paying job, which is fine. But in my personal experience, there has to be congruence between your brand and the brand of the Mm. company. So you don't subscribe to the notion of just apply for any and every job (laughs) out there, apply for the highest paying job out there. Why is that not a good tactic? I have to say this, that some people, sometimes in life, you just have to do it because of your circumstances, right? Right. You have to get a paycheck, you have Mm -hmm. to pay your bills. But as far as possible, or if beyond that stage, the point where you're economically stable and you can do that, just going into work to get a paycheck, it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel lost. And this just won't be any satisfaction either for you or for your employer. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes that's not going to end very well. So having something where you go to work because your purpose aligns with that company, it really just gives you that intrinsic motivation Mm -hmm. to do the best that you can and be the best version of yourself. And that's what we all want to do. That's right. We all want to be the best versions of ourselves. Tanu laid that out so well. But I was curious, after you've defined who you are, how do you go about reaching your audience? The next important thing is to really determine who are you speaking to, right? Right. Because like you mentioned earlier on, the Mm -hmm. excitement of starting a new business or a new job or launching a new brand and you want to sell it to everybody and you want to help everybody out there. But no matter how big a budget you have, that's just never going to be a place where you can make everyone happy. So you have to go out there in marketing parlance, you call it segmentation. So you have to go out and understand different ways of doing segmentation. You could do it based on geography. Okay, I want to address people who live in these zip codes. You could do it purely on demographics. I'm going to go after 18 to 20 year old females, or you can do it a little bit more nuanced, right? So psychographics, Mm -hmm. what motivates this person or this segment of people? Right. Nowadays, with the shifting of technology and landscape and everything else, Psychographics is a very nuanced way to understand who your segment is and then going after them. Because once you have your message, finding out the right people to talk to is the next step if you want to be successful. Reaching the audience in today's day and time is perhaps one of the most important decisions you have to make. Mm -hmm. Because gone are the days when you could throw messaging at people and the consumer had no choice. In today's world, the consumer is in the driver's seat. They Mm -hmm. choose who to engage with, what brand to engage with, and what connection to make. And I think that's where the medium becomes really important. And I think, again, going back to having your brand identified and your segment identified really helps you determine how are they accessing their content. Mm -hmm. So if your segment is more digitally savvy, Mm -hmm. then kind of going out and doing digital media, your SEO, SEM, 
programmatic videos or social media. And then even within social media is more nuanced. Right. Is your audience more on Facebook or more on Instagram or TikTok? So really knowing that and also kind of seeing what your competition is doing. Mm. So that's very crucial and a really easy way to figure out if you're in the business of selling a product, going out there and combing through the social media pages of your competitors mm-hmm. will give you a really good grasp of what are they talking about? What is their positioning? And what is a white space that they're not addressing that you can go in and address? And that helps you be differentiated. It helps mm-hmm. you own that space. But more importantly, it helps you create efficiencies for your media. Because if you're throwing media against the same things your competition is doing, then it's really hard for you to stand out. Tanu speaks from experience. I mean, she's been through her own journey of personal branding. So I wanted to know how she implemented these principles in her own career. I think that my personal brand has always been about building brands that bring value to people. And I started out in my career kind of accidentally doing that Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed the first time I did that. And that was back in 2008 with Maytag. Really enjoyed the process of bringing an iconic brand back to life and then just kind of fell in love with it. And then I sought those opportunities out. One of the reasons I came to Allen was because they were really looking to reinvent themselves for the U.S. Mm. market. And then when we started working on Art of Green almost three years back, It really lined up with my purpose of how are we going to provide consumers who are using mainstream products? How do we trade them up to using green products? Right. And the way we did it was we went out and talked to a lot of consumers and we Mm -hmm. found that there was this white space of products that worked Mm -hmm. and that were affordable. Because again and again, lots and lots of people told us in interviews, I really want to start buying green, but I don't think that that stuff works. Yes. So there was a performance perception. Mm. And then those things are really expensive. Yes. And not everybody has the budget to buy a $10 cleaner or a $15 right. laundry detergent. So that's where I think the white space emerged for us to say, this is a space we can truly own. We can solve this pain point for the mm. consumer. And it was easy to do because my own personal brand was in congruence about bringing value to people. Mm-hmm. And then Allen has had a very long history of sustainability. Mm-hmm. And so they have been, for example, recycling since the 90s when recycling wasn't a buzzword. Mm-hmm. So 100% of our plastic bottles, for example, are recycled. Mm-hmm. And we recycle, we collect more plastic and recycle more plastic than we actually use in our own products. Oh, so wow. in some ways, I don't know what the right terminology, but we're plastic positive. Yes. Wow. So all of those things were there. The foundation was there for us to go out and launch this brand and say, we really care about mm-hmm. giving consumers a valid choice mm-hmm. of having products that work, that are affordable, but they're also 98% naturally derived, mm-hmm. non-toxic, they're safe for your kids and your pets, and the whole sustainability foundation of the company itself. So all of that aligned. And like I said, that has to be in congruence because in this day and age, consumers are very demanding. They want transparency. Information is ubiquitous. Anybody can go and find anything. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to be something that you're not, then that's not going to work out very favorably for you. Exactly. Exactly. What were some of the challenges that you faced early on working within Allen? As a company, the journey that you take to create a new eco natural brand is very unique because Mm -hmm. you have to almost learn a new muscle 
Right. Because now suddenly you have to go out and find out who else is in that space? What are they offering? How do you differentiate? So we did a lot of research, focus groups, qualitative and quantitative research. But then internally, mm-hmm. you know, how do you create that formulation? How do you find out what are the right certifications? And, right. and so it was a new muscle that we had to develop as a company. Mm-hmm. But I think that having done that once with the cleaner category, we now feel very confident that we are going to be able to bring the brand into other categories. It's a lifestyle brand. We not only launched a brand, we launched internally a whole new set of competencies for the company. That's so awesome. So Tanu, I just wanted to say thank you again for coming out and sharing this wisdom with me. I know time is of the essence and it is fleeting and I appreciate you just coming and hanging out with us today. What's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you or learn more about Alan? Absolutely. So a couple of things. So artofgreen.com is our website. You can go out and check the fabulous products we have there. We are very proud and excited. There is also the allenusa.com website to find out more about the company and the culture. I have a LinkedIn page with my name, Tanu Grewal, T-A-N-U-G-R-E-W-A-L. And I love to hang out on LinkedIn and just learn from other people. So I'm always very active there. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of B2B Growth Hacks. If you would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at speakerbox.fm, where you can keep up with our newest content. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave an awesome review. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time on B2B Growth Hacks.